Welcome to the Hybrid Human Podcast. My name is Zach Ryan, and each week, myself and my co-host Chase Price will be exploring the intersection of wellness, business, entrepreneurship, and more. Get ready to learn, grow, and evolve with us on the Hybrid Human Podcast. to just run it back i think you did a good job the first time but just you know why hybrid human you're the one who came up with the name hybrid human what was your mindset when you were thinking through ideas for that honestly man like everybody always talks hybrid athlete and when you think of the hybrid athlete that's somebody who's able to do an endurance event lift heavy weights things of that nature um but when we, you and i were talking about hey the potential of a podcast and what that could look like and hybrid human sort of came to mind because hey it was top of mind, it's kind of a buzzword in the fitness industry. But when I think of a hybrid human, I don't just think of that. I think of somebody who has the ability to cascade all aspects of their life in a positive manner, like relationships, business, fitness, wellness, things of that nature to just level up, get 1% better each day. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the thought process behind the name was that, but also like the goal of this podcast would really just be, you know, you and I chopping it up each week, giving each other tidbits that we hear, but also bringing in experts in the field and really being the intersection of those things, relationships, business, wellness, et cetera. So, you know, ultimately week after week when we produce an episode, hopefully we can give, you know, valuable information to a lot of different people. Um, you know, they can come on and listen to the podcast and, and take what they need from it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the same wavelength as you. Uh, when I think hybrid human, it's somebody who's a Swiss army knife and that's kind of how I, think about my day-to-day is like I don't want to be one thing uh, in one subcategory I want to be a little bit of everything I want to be good at a lot of things a well-rounded individual Um, I want to be good in business I want to be on top of my fitness on top of my relationships all these sort of things so when you brought up hybrid human it just kind of hit for me it took a little bit to grow on me for sure (laughs) but um, I think it does a really good job of explaining in two words like what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to maximize our potential as human beings through these, you know, three or four avenues that we're going to touch on most of the time. So totally. So that's pretty rad to me. Um, I love it. Something I've never really asked you. Let me just hear kind of your come up story. Like I know that you have a history. We've talked a little bit about you used to do music back in the day, (laughs) which I did too, which is ironic. But um, I'd love to hear kind of from the ground up and like what brought you to this point? Yeah, man. So the music thing's funny, but back in college, started making music. You know, everybody was like a rapper in college or in high school or whatever. Everybody knew somebody who was, let me produce a song, let me make music, whatever. But long story short, I'll save a lot of the the detail. Um, at a party, someone had a you know mic set up in the studio set up in their dorm room, which was like, you know, a hundred dollar mic for Best Buy sandwiched in between two pillows. You know the you know, the vibe of mm-hmm. the home studio. Um, so we ended up recording and just freestyling and like having fun, put it out on the school, you know, Facebook page. Cause back then Facebook was like the main outlet. Instagram was just kind of going uh, getting going. Um, and it got like a thousand plays in a day, like overnight, which was like obviously nothing. But at the time it was like, you know, in a school that's fairly small, maybe that's something that, you know, we should look at. So, you know, we started making music, me and my, my roommate, sort of as a joke, having fun with it, putting it out on like SoundCloud and these different platforms. And then ultimately, you know, fast forward nine months later, I had 30 songs recorded. I opened up for Post Malone in his uh, in his East Coast tour right before he went on tour with Bieber. So wow. he did, uh, it was White Iverson was big and he had a couple others, but White Iverson was his big, his hit. Obviously mm-hmm. that took him to where he got to, but right before his tour with Bieber, he did like an East Coast headlining tour, probably like five or six shows, Boston, Providence, Rhode Island, kind of that area. Mm-hmm. So I opened up for him in Providence, Rhode Island. We sold like 150 tickets. Um, there was like, I don't know, 2000 people there. Crazy experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, looking back on it, it's just like, it's crazy to think about. It's the best icebreaker in the world. When I talk like corporate, like two truths and a lie when you're in a team meeting. So it's funny to think of it from that perspective. But, you know, realize the music thing wasn't for me it was was going to California a lot, was recording, was meeting a lot of cool people, but just realized it wasn't what I wanted to do, you know, in life. So uh, finished my business degree, graduated from Southern New Hampshire University, started working at a tech company in Boston. We were acquired by another tech company um, headquartered out of Austin, Texas. So I moved from Boston to Austin, uh, did 
just under a year, 11 months in Austin, moved to Charlotte, I guess five years ago now. And I've been, been here ever since. So in the technology sales space, and that's kind of the corporate side of my life. But, you know, as you know, big focus in, in fitness and in wellness now. And, you know, that's why I'm excited to be doing this with you and kind of blending those, you know, different avenues. Mm -hmm. And talk to me a little bit about your come up into fitness. Like you just, this is kind of your coming out party, so to speak this year. Yeah. I feel the same way as far as having some pretty legitimate races on the schedule. What's that looks like up to this point? Yeah, super, super interesting and honestly really lucky. So did, did the Charlotte half marathon with zero training, which we've talked about, which was mm-hmm. an amazing learning experience, uh, very humbling. I always, I've always been an athlete. I've always played sports, basketball, baseball, you know, played soccer in high school as well. So just always been, you know, in athletics uh, to some capacity, whatever it was you know, really was trying to find my stride. COVID hit. I was like, you know what, what, what can I do? The gyms are closed. I'll go for a run. Mm-hmm. Started with two miles, four miles kind of grew from there. So that was kind of my start with running. I did the, uh, the Charlotte half marathon. Mm-hmm. Like I said, super humbled. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to train for something. I'm going to pick a full marathon and I'm gonna do it next year. So I did that. I ran the Charlotte, uh, marathon. My goal was to break four hours did 353, which is like not by any means a fast marathon, but was super proud of it as my first one. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take it up a level and try to do something bigger. So through a through a good friend, was able to do the Boston Marathon, got a got a bib, you know, really proud of what we did. We raised, you know, I personally raised like $8,500 for cancer research for Dana-Farber mm-hmm. um, and had the ability to run the Boston Marathon. So crazy, as you know, experience with Boston you know, trained like crazy for, I don't know, five months to, to run Boston and felt super physically and mentally prepared heading into that race was obviously like, you know, the pre-race doubt pops in and you question, did I do enough training, all those things. But when I look back on it, you know, very proud of my training and feel very prepared, but I get to Boston and I'm, I'm not feeling great. Like I'm like allergies or something. My girlfriend's like, it's allergies. You're fine. Don't worry about it. I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm in my head. Um, fast forward to race day and kind of go away. Like the allergy symptoms kind of go away. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to run, have fun. If I feel good, I'll go. If I don't, I'll dial it back. But like, let's just enjoy the day. Mm-hmm. I'm starting out. Feel amazing. 7.30 pace. My first mile was like eight minutes. The rest was like sub eight, 7.30 to 7.50. Mm-hmm. Um, felt amazing at the halfway point. Mile 14, just got completely side sideswiped, derailed, whatever you want to call it, and found myself in the medical tent, throwing up, getting sick. And it hit me out of nowhere. It was like a stomach cramp that just turned into so much more, completely derailed my race. Um, and I was at that point in the med tent, like, am I going to even finish this thing? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the story of Boston. And it was just a super, you know, a super crazy thing. I ended up finishing, it was a little over four hours, like four hours and nine minutes. So I wasn't pumped about the time, but, you know, perseverance for sure to get through that one. And, you know, short term memory on that was like great learning experience, was able to like prove myself that I can prove to myself that I can get through, you know, a difficult time. But my next thing is a Berlin, the Berlin Marathon, which is in September um, and then Chicago 12 days after. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, my ultimate goal is to do all six um, world major marathons. Yeah. Why running for you? Besides the fact that it was easily accessible during COVID. I mean, yeah, fair. <laughs> You're a COVID athlete. A, a COVID so athlete. Of us <laughs> um, the mental side of it. Running, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but running provides a solitude that I haven't found elsewhere. Um whether you're listening to music or you're not, or it's a podcast or whatever, like when you're out there for two, three hours solo, just running, you really have the ability to like slow your thoughts down and think through a lot of different things. I think mm-hmm. through sales campaigns at work. I think through conversations I've had. I think through conversations I want to have. I think through, you know, different goals within endurance and within business. And ultimately the podcast, like right. this is something I want to do and why not now? So for me, running is is a great way to just clear my mind, but also clear my like goals. Because mm-hmm. I think we're often flooded with, you know, so many little things that just pile up on top of you and you're like three months go by and what, what did I even accomplish 
And I think running allows me to slow time down and really think through the things that I actually want to do, things that are maybe a nice to have, and then things that don't matter as much as I thought they did. And that's kind of my why is, you know, the mental aspect of it. But I would love to hear your why, because I mean, for people who don't know, and I'd love for you to talk through it, like, we're both relatively new in the endurance space. And you have a super interesting story that your first full race, I believe, was an ultra marathon True. before you did a marathon. <laughs> True. And you did a fast marathon. Yeah. And then after that, you were able to do a 100-mile ultra. So I'd love for you to talk through, yeah. you know, if we could rewind a bit before we dive too deep into my side, I'd love for you to kind of walk through, you know, your why, when you started, why you started, and, and kind of how we got to where we're at today because I think you got some exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, it's funny because I think most of us probably start this way. I hated running, hated it. Totally. Like, I was like the, the two mile, three mile was as far as I would go and I would just feel dead after, like destroyed, tired, not wanting to do it because I sucked at it, right? And most of us, you know, unless you're just a naturally gifted athlete and outlier, you're going to suck at running when you first start, right? So, you know, you can't breathe, you're red faced and you're just feeling like um, just totally depleted. And so for me, that's kind of how it was. And I would run two, three miles and instead of go to the gym one day and that would be like my workout for the day or whatever. And then slowly but surely, you start to see a little bit of improvement, a little bit of improvement. And for me, running, it's all those things, right, it, that, that you touched on. It's, it's the solidarity. It's the, um, I, it, in a way, it's like euphoria because you're out there by yourself and there's nobody but you. You know, and that's that's one of the things I love so much about it. Like, yeah, in the gym, like you can put your headphones on, kind of zone out. But with running, you're literally and physically just alone and you can go kind of do whatever you want to do and, and run your route or go, you know, run on the treadmill if you want to. But it's it's a place where you can just kind of zen out for a little bit. And um, it's continuously changing for me what it is for me, you know. Early on and like up until recently, I've never really run without music. Now I run without music because I like to think through like kind of like what you're talking about, think through the pod, think through the business, think through my relationships, sure. something I never used to do. I used to crank the trap music up, put it all the way up and just like go, Yeah, you know, um, and that's come with time, but it just constantly changes. So yeah, I have a little bit of a unique journey uh, with the running thing. I started, my first race was, uh, well, let me back up. I've done a couple halves. So there's like probably two or three halves sprinkled in the past couple of years. But that was just to be like, all right, let me go do this. Like put a, a check mark by it. And my friends would, would hit me up because they had like a team or something. I would just join. I wasn't yeah. passionate about it by any means. I didn't really train <clears throat> for these. It was just something that you did, right? So this year, or I guess, excuse me, 2022, things kind of changed for me. I was like, all right, I'm getting pretty good at this. I would run, go out, post my run and people would be like, you're pretty fast. I'm like, I don't feel fast. I don't think I'm fast. You know, I've never been considered fast, especially when I was coming up in high school and college. Like I was never even really considered that athletic. You know, I was certainly never the fast kid. And so to start hearing that was like, one, interesting and two it was like cool because i looked at myself a little bit differently than i had traditionally i was like maybe i'm decent at this i just need to keep working or whatever so for some odd reason i decided ultras were going to be my journey instead of traditional marathons and i was going to tack on traditional marathons along the way but ultra was going to be the journey probably had a lot to do with folks like jesse itzler david goggins some of these people who i've read their books and they've influenced me that way um, so I signed up for a six hour ultra, which is just like basically run as far as you can in six hours. Um, that was last October, ended up winning that, which was cool. I mean, there wasn't that many people running it, so it's not like that big of a feat, but it was exciting. Still right? awesome. When you're used to running halves and, and marathons where you're placing like 208th or something <laughs> to actually win something is cool. Totally. Right. So, so that was a good feeling. And I was like, oh shit. Maybe there's potential because one, it seems like I'm better suited for a longer distance and two, significantly less people competing in these. So I can yeah. place much higher, right? My ceiling's much higher here. 
Uh, so did that. That was great. Then ran back-to-back marathons. I did Kiowa and then Charlotte uh, this past November, December, which were great. I was trying to go sub three, didn't quite make it. Um, but that just fueled the fire for what I'm trying to do this year. And then the big one was in March, as you know, you paced me on it, was the 100 miler, which was phenomenal. Um, the whole idea with the 100 miler, I signed up for the 100 miler about this time last year. So I guess April, May of uh, 2022 and the race was in March of 2023 and the idea with that was like let's you know me and my buddy originally signed up let's do something that scares the shit out of us like I don't even know if I can do this I don't even know if this is possible like I've heard of people doing it but I didn't know anybody who had actually done it themselves right and I was like well shit I'm gonna try I'm gonna see what happens and so I dedicated eight months of my life last year just just towards that goal Another reason I think I didn't do that well in the marathons because like I wasn't marathon training, I was ultra training. So I wasn't working on speed, that sort of thing. Um, but man, it was the most uh, epic decision I've ever made. So glad I did it. So glad I got to take that journey with you, with Chris, yeah. like with all my aid crew, because it brought us so much closer together and also just spoke volumes about each of us and how we were there for each other. And like, dude, we didn't even really, I mean, we're pretty good buddies, but like we're fairly new to knowing each other and this all kind of happened pretty quickly but like that just solidified the friendship and and just let me know like this is my fucking guy like i'm I'm gonna be homies with this dude for a long long time right that was something that and we've talked about it like i've never experienced i've been at countless athletic events and different competitions and whatnot i've never experienced anything like that like yeah where you're just in the trenches for what was it 17 hours yeah 16 15 yeah 16 out you're just you're in the trenches and you know you had pacers but like for the first i believe 50 miles 56 56, i joined you at 56 which is nuts like you were solo yeah what were you thinking through like what was your i know what you were saying when when me and chris joined you but what were you thinking through for the first you know 56 when it was just you and you know the occasional help from an aid station yeah um for most of the first half of the race, I was cruising, man. Like you saw me. You were flying. I think you saw me at like 35, 36. That was right before I hit my first like dark spot. But I was flying. I had just put on my headphones. I had just changed shoes. I was like, let's fucking go when I passed y'all just because I was yeah. feeling it. Um, so the first half was pretty easy. I don't want to say easy, but it was pretty much what I expected it to be because I had trained. I had ran 50 miles prior to that. So I was ready for that. um and i was excited the whole race to me was about what's on the other side of 50 you know what's 50 to 100 gonna look like what are those dark moments gonna look like got to experience that got to do that with y'all um so that was great and i i really wanted to come out of that race as a different person i think that i did um not necessarily with new beliefs but just like proving myself right that I, I knew I could do those things and like just proving like how strong my mental capacity was, not just mine, anybody's who, who pursues these things, but like, yeah, you know, your limits are, they're all self limiting beliefs on like what you're able to achieve. And that's why even now, like a <clears throat> hundred is still impressive, but I'm like, dude, 200 mile runs are kind of the new 100 mile runs. Cause now I'm seeing more and people, more and more people do two hundreds. I'm like, dude, this bar is never going to stop going up, but it's just cool because, you know, you don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing. Just focus on yourself. And for me, I just want to keep running these ultras and see if I can actually compete with some of the bigger guys. Because it's one thing to go out and win a rinky dink hundred miler, you know, in your local (coughs) community. But there's another thing to go out to Leadville or go to Badwater and, you know, compete and place top five, top 10 there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I want to explore. So you're talking a lot about ultras, but you also have the goal of, I believe it was a sub 245. Yeah, that's the goal. For the marathon. Uh So talk me through, I guess I have two questions actually. Talk me through A, the strategy of it. And B, this podcast is not just fitness. It's about a lot of different things. Wellness. You've talked through the mental wellness side of your journey, but also like, how does that affect the, and how does that affect the people around you? And how does that affect your day to day within business? Because when you're pursuing a goal 
to that extent, you're, you're all in, in all aspects. And it's not just, you know, I'm going to prep for this. I got to go prep for it. I got to go run it. I got to recover from it. Mm-hmm. And then I got to also do my job as a, for you, a husband, a friend, a, you know, son, a, a business owner, like there's a lot going on to talk me through, not just the strategy for the race, but the strategy for how you're approaching your life. Because I think, and keep me honest, I think the way that you came out of the 100 miler was like an eye-opening experience for you. And you learned a lot about yourself and about the the game, if mm-hmm. you will. And I feel like you're going to apply those learnings to this next, this next, uh, this next prep session. So talk me through that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'll, I've, I've said this before, the 100 is the best thing that's ever happened to me, not necessarily because of the race itself, but for the work leading up to the race. I mean, it was eight months and I was running like 70, 80 mile weeks every week, pretty much. And that's just a lot of solitude, a lot of time to think and a lot of time to prioritize and figure out, you know, what's important to you. So yes, I learned a tremendous amount from that and my training block for the marathon starts on monday which i'm very very excited about a couple things that i learned one get yourself a coach if you're serious about what you're doing get yourself a coach doesn't matter if it's if it's business get a business coach if it's trying to run a marathon get a marathon coach if it's trying to do a physique competition stop watching youtube videos go get a coach totally (laughs) um because not only are they going to help guide you, everybody's unique, and hopefully you get a coach that's educated enough to, you know, kind of cater to your needs and um, the accountability aspect. That's the biggest part for me. Yeah. So get get a coach. Um, two, it's 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 not really about you know when people say they're too busy. That to me just indicates like whatever you're saying you're too busy for just isn't important enough to you. So people will always say to me, like, how do you have enough time to train? Like, I can't even get a workout in on a daily basis. How are you doing this? I'm like, I build the rest of my day around my workout regimen. Like, if I, I need that. I need, even if I'm not training for anything, like, I need to work out because that's what centers me. That's what makes me able to go and thrive in business and with my wife and just every day. So sure. I build around that. <clears throat> and so I, I hate when people say I'm too busy because I'm like, I don't think you're too busy. I just think it's not a priority to you. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> and certainly like people, you know, life happens and shit gets in the way and you just have to be kind of more flexible than rigid. That's kind of what I've learned too is like, you know, you make this plan, you have a training block, you have this, that, and the other, and fires are going to come up that you have to put out. Life's going to happen. Shit's going to happen. Right. And you just have to be flexible and not only is that going to make your life better for yourself and those around you, but it's also going to make you a better athlete because same thing's going to happen in the race. Shit's going to hit the fan and something you didn't anticipate is going to happen. And you're going to be able to react and be like, hey, I've been here before. This isn't ideal, but I'm, I can only control what I can control. And you have to kind of just play the game. Yeah. What, you play the hand that you're dealt, you know? So, 100%. So I'd say that that's another big thing is like, be more flexible and less rigid uh, with scheduling, with with life in general, with training, um, because that shit does come up. I love it. And I think if I were to summarize it into one key word, and this is something I've gotten a little bit away from candidly that I need to get back to, is just being insanely intentional Yeah. in all aspects of your life, with your training, you know, with your relationships, with your wellness, with yourself and your wellness with those around you, like just be intentional. If you have a goal, if you have a priority, make it a priority. Mm-hmm. Don't just talk about it. Go do it. Go execute on it. It doesn't have to be a marathon or an ultra marathon. It could be, I'm going to walk my dog before I get on my first Zoom call today. Yeah. Or like, like pick something and yeah. do it. Like put it down, write it down and do it. And being intentional can really change your life. Like we talk through endurance training. We talk about all these different things. Like the podcast is a great example. Like we literally sat down and said, well, why not now? What about Friday? You free? Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> right. And then, and then we just did it. Like right. we, we sourced the equipment and we figured it out. So I think a lot of people, you know, and I think COVID and the whole, you know, work from home thing has kind of impacted this, but a lot of people, it's just easy to kind of sit back and, and get their day started without taking care of themselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, 
having intention and being intentional with your actions and, and your and your goals are so important because if you wake up and you know you just roll out of bed and hop on a zoom call like are you really going to be the best version of yourself on that call if that's what Absolutely your goal not. is are you going to be the best version of yourself as you enter the rest of your day like no so get up do something for yourself to start your day and then have a clear mind heading into work or training or whatever it ends up being take care of yourself first and that's how you can really level up you brought up a good point of like <clears throat> what gets for me what gets scheduled gets done right if you know i can talk about these things all day long but if i don't put it on the calendar i usually won't do it uh, especially as a business owner like you have so many things coming at you all the time and i'll have my team bring something up to me and i'll ca casually in passing be like all right i'll take care of that goes in one one ear right out the other because i didn't write it down I'm not right. being intentional about it. So I'm curious how you deal with that on a daily basis and like how what's your mindset, you know, generally speaking in, in corporate America, like climbing the ladder, like what is it about what you do and your pursuit um, that gets you fired up and how do you stay intentional with climbing the ladder and getting where you want to go? Yeah. And I think like in the, you know, spirit of transparency, like everybody has good days and not so good days. Um, with whatever they're doing, business owner, corporate America, endurance athlete, whatever it is. Um, I think for me, what, what I love is the, the journey and the chase, like being in sales. I like the chase. I like the pursuit to an outcome. It, you know, it's not perfection. It's, it's, but it's an outcome and it's hopefully a positive one at that. So for me, I think it's all about relationships. Um, the people that you're with, like you really are the sum of the closest people around you. Like that is the most important thing, whether it's your friends, your you know wife and, and the crew, or it's your career and the people that you work with. I think that is so important. So for me, you know, in sales, I, I firmly believe that, you know, what you sell will change. How you sell probably won't change all too much. Like it's a people to people business, at least what I'm in. And I think that's probably not going to change much. Obviously, AI and different things can impact that and improve it and be more efficient. But at the end of the day, it's not going to change too much. So what does change is, is the products you sell. And what does change is the people around you just, you know, by nature of the of the business. So I think surrounding yourself with good people is a really good way to stay um, inspired and fired up. Because for me, you know, I've been with the company for seven years, I don't want to let these people down. They took a chance on me. They've promoted me. They've, you know, carried me with them through these different roles. And I don't want to, I don't want to let them down. Um, and I want to succeed for the customers, for the company and for the people who took a chance on me. So that's kind of my perspective. But, you know, I think whether it's entrepreneurship or it's corporate America, like business in general ties into endurance training or any athletic feat so clearly to me. And we've talked about this before, but it comes down to, you know, the intentional aspect of it, but it's also like having a bias towards action, like go out and do it. You talk about what, what gets scheduled, gets done. And I, I love that. And I think a lot of people are afraid to start and they're not afraid to start because they're afraid of the work. They're afraid they're not going to be good. And I think it's such a, um, interesting thought process because if you're afraid to start because you're not good, then Nobody will ever do anything because you probably weren't great at shooting video when you're when you first bought your first camera. I probably didn't know how to sell anything when I walked into the door seven years ago on my first day. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing is as you get more intentional and as you do things more, that's how you get better. And I think there's a good saying we've talked about it is, you know, nobody's truly bad at anything. They're just not good yet. And it's just, it's so simple. It's not easy, but it's so simple. Like just go out and do the work and the results will come. Mm -hmm. Maybe it happens in a week. Maybe it happens in a year. Maybe it happens in 10. But at the end of the day, if you can get 1% better, whatever that means to you, that's a win. Like any day of the week, that's a win. You just got to go out and do it. And a lot of people are afraid to just start. Dude, it's so true. And it's so crippling to myself included, but to so many people like, I'll give you a prime example. So swimming's one where I've sucked and I've been working on it. I still suck. Uh, but another one that I haven't even pursued yet is, I don't know if I've told you this, like boxing. I've always wanted to yeah. do boxing. I want to go to dime boxing down the road, but like I'm nervous because I've never boxed in my life. Yeah. And I know it's like very intimidating to go into a boxing gym, just be like, hey, 
I'm ready to buy. I want to box. I'm here. You know what I mean? I'm here. I love it. So that's one of the things that I I want to challenge myself to do. Um, but man, to like actually lean into it. And once you go once or twice, you know, the anxiety is kind of gone. You're just like, let's get it. Let's get after it. I'm yeah. going to start, you know, being as good as I can be at this. The anxiety goes away and you just begin to focus and dial in like you do with anything else. And the beautiful thing about it is like you stay consistent with it the progression is, is so drastic in such a short amount of time that you can really become a novice like fairly quickly if you stick totally. with something. So, you, you know, we've talked about it. Like most things in life, <clears throat> you could probably spend 20 hours and become a novice at 20 hours of your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, generally speaking. And you could do that in one week, realistically, if you put enough time in. Um, so that's that's very exciting to me, you know, because as I grow and get older, you know, I'm not into the same stuff I used to be. And there's new shit that excites me, like boxing, for example, and like, you know, other sports that I'd like to get into. And realistically, they're all accessible if you, again, make the time, structure the time around it. Um, so so that's really cool to me. <clears throat> I don't know if there's anything that you maybe haven't tried that you've been wanting to, or you've been putting off because you're nervous about. I don't know if I if I have anything right now. I feel like that's one of my biggest strengths, but also weaknesses is that I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like you were like, Hey, you want to pace me for 20 miles in the outer banks? Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. sometimes I don't always think things through. And I think that's great. Like I always had the thought process of just get me in the room. Yeah. Just get me the meeting Yeah. and let me see if I can get like something out. Like, you know what I mean? So get me in the room and I'll enjoy it or I'll figure out a way to, to navigate it. So for me, I don't know if there's anything that jumps out that I'm like afraid to start doing, but I totally agree with your, with the premise of your message. And I think that's something that a lot of people can look at and say, like, what am I afraid to do? What have I always wanted to do? Is it skydiving? Is it swimming with sharks? Is it boxing? Whatever. Like, what have I always wanted to do? And why am I afraid of it? What's holding me back? And it's once you identify that, if you can like put a structure around it to go overcome that, Dude, you're in a powerful place because that's it's not about it's not about doing the thing that scares you. It's really not. It's about the process of of getting there, of overcoming it, of saying, This scares me. I know this scares me, but I'm gonna do it. Because when I do it and I come out the other end, I'm a better person. Perfect example is the hundred miler. Like you're gonna get punched in the face, you're gonna have a plan, then you're gonna get punched in the face. And what do you do? How do you respond? Mm -hmm. And that's really what life's about, is like everybody has these grandiose plans and these strategies and here's how I plan to go from A to B, but there are so many hurdles and, and forks in the road along the way. Like how do you respond to those things? And I think that's really how, you know, you can define yourself as a person and say, Hey, I was punched in the face with adversity, you know, these seven times, but I still hit my goal and I still was able to accomplish my quote unquote thing. I think that's a, that's an awesome thing to look back on. I agree. I agree. And I also think, you know, with your goal setting, they should scare the shit out of you too. If you're not setting a goal that you're not sure if you can complete, then you're probably not setting your goal post far enough back, in my opinion. Like I could easily say, you know, I, I still haven't even hit sub three yet. I could easily just say, hey, I just want to hit sub three on the next marathon. I know I can get sub three. So that would be like kind of me cheating myself uh, yeah. in a way. You know, I want to set a time... 245 for me that I didn't think was I didn't think was even close to a possibility this time last year you know yeah. and and still like I'm not even sure I can do it and that's why I've said that <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean and I want to continue to to push that because you you really aren't going to challenge yourself and, and train yourself hard enough if you don't do that if you're not setting your goals that way um, so that you know even if you do come short you still went farther than you thought possible right 100%. and it can be with racing or it can be you know with business sales goals whatever it is right because it's just going to be you pursuing shooting you know a little bit higher and then you're going to fail but then you're going to build upon that and come back at it the next time even stronger so on and so forth 100 percent. so how do you structure your goal setting because i think i mean we talked through it you have two drastically different goals of an ultra and then a sub 245 marathon so how do you structure you know your goal setting and is it more of like here are my three goals that i'm going to do this year and i'm going to accomplish each one and just knock them off the list through you know hard work or do you have like a strategy behind 
hey, I'm going to build up this endurance for a hundred miler, and then I'm going to go all speed and hit 245 and then go back up to endurance for a hundred miler. Like walk me through that. Yeah, there's um, a little bit of method to the madness, but not a ton because I will just get obsessed with some type of goal or accomplishment and then just zone in on it. Like for example, right now, since the hundred, I haven't really been able to run like I was before because my legs been healing up. My arch has been giving me issues. So I've just been lifting. I put on 10 pounds in five, six weeks um, just because I'm trying to get strong. Yeah. Because I want to be able to run fast, but I also want to be able to rep 315, you know? And sure. um, so I want to do these other things. So right now I'm, I'm kind of like hooked on that. But then I'm like, all right, let me do something that's like a hybrid of both of these things. So right now I'm working on, I want to be able to deadlift my mile time which is like so random, but I heard somebody doing it and I was like, holy shit, that's pretty badass <laughs> to be able to do something. I'll and do I that. Just, I just like random shit like that. Yeah. That uh, appeals to me. So, you know, I, I think I just work in timelines. Like for me, how can I accomplish the things that I already have on my to-do list plus add in these other things in a timeline that makes sense? So for me, I'm like, all right, cool. Let me get strong. Well, I, I can't run right now, so let me just go ahead and start getting strong. And I'll bulk up a little bit. And so I'm about to go into my three-month training block for marathon. So I'm like, I'll just trim down during that, but I'll maintain a little bit of size, hopefully maintain all my strength, right? Yeah. And continue to get stronger while I'm doing that. So <clears throat> I just think it out in timelines. And for me, usually like three-month blocks are how I like to structure because it just makes the most sense to me. Like you can do quarters or, or blocks or whatever it may be. That's enough time for me to actually like dial in on something. Because if I'm going any shorter than that, it's probably <clears throat> not that difficult of a goal or it's like something that's just kind of like a throwaway thing. It's not something I need to dedicate that much time to. So stuff like that. I mean, to be honest, like the weightlifting mile thing, that's like kind of a throwaway thing, but it's like exciting to me. So yeah. I, I build that out. But I'm like, I can kind of add that in addition to what I'm already doing. So it's not going to change anything that I'm doing too drastically. Yeah. Um, but I just think about it in blocks. And so I have my, my marathon in three months. And then three months after that, I'll have the ultra, the next hundred that I signed up for. And then we'll see from there. But I think three month <coughs> blocks allows me to dedicate everything I have towards that single thing. Because if I'm cross training, if I'm trying to train for a triathlon and I'm also trying to train for an ultra, I'm going to leave something on the table for both of them and I won't be able to compete the best of my ability for both of them. Yeah. And every time I go out, I want to be able to do the absolute best I possibly can. And for me, that is all in on one subject, one block at a time. I love it. What about you? I mean, so I think we've talked about, you know, you mentioned Jesse Itzler yeah. and his build your life resume message and the big ass calendar that he, that he has. And for anybody listening that doesn't know what that is, but it's basically quite literally a big ass calendar. It's massive and it folds up, but I put it on my wall. You That's know, with the weeks that you mark off, right? Exactly. Exactly. And basically, you know, every something called Kevin's rule, which is from one of his buddies, Kevin, um, every eight weeks do something new and, you know, really cool. It could be going for a hike at a new mountain or it could be, Hey, I'm going to learn how to swim or I'm going to go to a boxing club, whatever. Every eight weeks do something new. Um, a couple other things that are really interesting with the program, with the calendar. But one thing that I love, and this was, I did this last year and loved it. Um, the calendar that is, is they have something called a Misogi or Misogi. I may be mispronouncing it, but basically it's a Japanese term for like a year defining moment. Mm. What is your year defining moment? And that's the one thing that, you know, this year I got all this craziness going on, but at the end of the year, I'm going to look back and say, this was my year defining moment. I set out my goals in the start of the year and I accomplished this and I'm proud. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was my first marathon. So check that off the list. Yeah. And then I said, Hey, I can't do this in a year, but my next thing is I want to run all six world major marathons. So that's Boston, which I've done, you know, Chicago, which I'm doing in October, New York, which I'm not signed up for London, which I'm not signed up for Tokyo, which I'm not signed up for in Berlin, which I'm doing in uh, September. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do three of the six in one year, which I'm super That's proud cool. of. It's a goal that scares the shit out of me because um, I got marathons back to back 12 days apart. So <laughs> that scares me a little bit, yeah. uh, but it excites me. 
it excites me and it goes back to our thought you know process around like why not now like why not now why not try to do it why not go attempt something that scares you why not go attempt something that you know i don't even know if people do this often i i have no idea but to look back and say hey in 2023 i ran three of the six world major marathons and then i gotta you know set my sights on 24 to look at london and new york and then maybe i do tokyo down the road who knows but i think that excites me so for me it's like i like to pick one thing that's my big thing and then sprinkle in some little things that will like help me towards that goal but also excite me along the way Mm -hmm. because it's mundane to say i'm gonna marathon prep for six months and that's it Mm -hmm. and that's my only thing like i'll lift here and there i'll run dude i would lose my mind if i just did one thing for six months straight so for me it's it's identifying you know the big goal and then understanding little goals along the way that can help keep me motivated and excited yeah i do I just name it something different. I don't know what you call it. What Miyagi, Misogi? Mr. Miyagi. No, it's uh, <laughs> Misogi or Misogi. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Mine was just always like do one thing a year that uh, just scares the shit out of you. Like it's the same exact thing. Yeah. And that this year for me was the hundred. I still don't know what my one next year is going to be. I got to think through that. That's exciting to think about. But it's got to be something so. For me, it's got to be something so audacious, like. People look at you weird when you say it. That's that's my kind of thing. You know what I so, mean? So it'll be like, next year I'll be like, I'm going to climb a fucking mountain, like Mount Everest or some shit like that. Not Mount Everest because I know those trips are like 50K, but something <laughs> something like that, you know, where people's like, wait, what did you say? You're going to do what? So talk me through that. Talk me through why that is your thought process. <laughs> I, I mean, I love it. I get it. But for some people, you're right. They'll be like, this dude's crazy. But like, at yeah. the end of the day, is it really about that goal or is it about the journey to get to that goal? Oh, it's 100% the journey. I think you nailed it because similar to how I said the best thing that's ever happened to me was not the race itself, the 100 miler, but it was the training and everything, that the dedication that went into preparing for it. So it'd be the same thing if I, let's say it was to climb a mountain, which I bring that up because it's something I've been thinking about I want to do. Uh, I don't know what mountain, but I'm like, it's going to take months and months of preparation <clears> for doing stair climber and going up to the mountains and working through altitude and, and all these things that I've never worked through before. Yeah. That's what gets me fired up is like the unknown of what I haven't done before. And then I also love the aspect of strategy. Like there's a physical aspect to it, but there's also strategy. And if you don't have both hand in hand, you're going to fucking fail. Yeah. And I, I love that. Um, I like to think through those things. So, and it's just gotta be, big enough and crazy enough that it's going to keep me busy for a while. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Because that's what, again, like when I say, you know, I make time for, for the gym, I'm I'm never too busy for these things. It's because like, if I don't have these things and I'm not constantly working through these things and getting excited about this stuff, um, I find, you know, I don't want to say the rest of the every day is like becomes monotonous, but like it helps keep me on my toes. Yeah. so to speak you know what i mean and like i don't expect other people to understand it or want to do those things but like that's just how i function you know yeah i love travel i love fitness i love strategy and if i can combine all these things into one i'm gonna try and do it as often as i can i love that and i think you you hit on something that a lot of people often scratch their heads at like you're doing too much you're doing too many things um that's okay like if you have something that you love doing, whether it's running or traveling or, you know, video and photography, whatever it is, like do it. Mm-hmm. Like who cares? Just do it. If you like doing it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so simple. And I feel like a lot of people are like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like you're supposed to be doing X. And I think you talked about it kind of about your social media platform of like you used to only post about travel and you, you built up a following of, of, you know, travel vlogging and whatnot. And now you're posting more about fitness and now you're building that side of your platform. And it's like, that's okay to do. And I feel like a lot of people look at somebody and say like, he's the, the guy who runs all the time or whatever, but it's like so much more to that. And I think that's such an interesting thing is that people often try to, you know, compartmentalize everything of their life and, you kind of just got to go with it and, and let it be. And whatever it is will be what it is and just roll with it. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is 
you know, just being able to be okay with not having a strategy and a plan for everything Mm -hmm. because sometimes things just pop up. Yeah. Yeah. That was very powerful the way you said that to me too, because I've been the guy who's like, you know, people, people will always put you in a box, right? And you'll even put yourself in a box. You're like, I'm the guy who, who does this. I'm the guy who works here. Or, you know, I'm the guy who just, I lift four times a week. I play ball once a week and that's what I do. Right. Yeah. And then when somebody starts to get outside that their box, they're so quick to judge and they're like, Hey dude, you do this, get back in your box. They're like, they're not supportive. They're judgmental. And so I've been trying to make an effort because I've been kind of doing the same thing for myself of like, Hey, I'm finally going to share my passions about fitness and post like unapologetically and just really throw up whatever I want to on social because I'm just speaking to a younger version of myself. Right. But for other people, they're like, you know, stay in your lane. Like, yeah, you do video or whatever, but like you posted about travel for five years. Like that's what I know you for or whatever. So it feels good to get out of that box and let go of the stigma of like, I have to post this kind of content because this is who I am. Like you're the only person who decides who that is and what you're putting up and you can redefine that at any time. I mean, let me say that again. You can redefine who you are at any time. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what people think you are or what you, you think you're supposed to do. Um, there's always time and there's always that freedom to do that. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that, that you can redefine who you are anytime. So I, I, I was posting weekly vlogs of my training for Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget how many I did, maybe like 20. I think I had a 20 week prep and I stopped after Boston cause like, you know, I'm taking a break from endurance and all that stuff and I'll pick it back up when I go for Berlin. But anyways, halfway through, I had somebody that I went to college with. We weren't super close, but, and it was like a, a half joke, but a half jab sort of remark that said like, who are you trying to be? Like DM to me, like went out of his way to DM me, like, who are you trying to be? And I was like a little maybe salty about it. I was going to, come up with something to say like who are you whatever I put the ego aside and I just said me like I'm trying to be me oh yeah and I'm trying to be the best version of me and what you're looking at what you're watching what you're commenting about is me becoming the best version of myself not physically not mentally not emotionally but all the above man like you need to go experience things and and live through them yourself before you can really have an opinion at least that's how I feel like a lot of people have have different opinions on who you should be or what you should talk about or what you should, you know, pursue. But at the end of the day, like this whole thing is short. Like we talk about time and time being currency and you only have a finite amount of that Mm -hmm. and you can never get it back. It's the one thing that we spend every day that we cannot get back is time. So how do we capitalize on the time that we do have? And that's by like pursuing things that scare you, pursue things that excite you, pursue things that make you a better version of you. And then in turn, show up as a better, you know, husband or business owner or, or son or whatever it ends up being like Mm -hmm. pursue things that make you a better you. And that's like the key to, to everything, man. Once I started doing that, once I started living my life around the thought process of I'm doing this a, cause I enjoy it, but B, because it makes me a better me, like everything in my life changed. And I'm assuming you feel similar. I do. And I'm so glad that you brought that up about that guy, just probably one of your homies and just shooting you a message because like we've all been in that spot of somebody who just is like taking jabs and, you know, you've always been this to them. And now you're kind of getting outside that box. And that's just telling you you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Like you're not always going to be making friends when you're going against the grain. That's for damn sure. But I will tell you this, there's never been a hater doing better than you. They're always going to be doing, the reason they're hating is probably one, because they're jealous, or two, because they don't understand, and they're judgmental. Yeah. So as long as you keep that in mind, man, it doesn't matter. It's just noise. Totally. You know? And uh, you got to get over that if you're going to put stuff, well, definitely into social media, put stuff out into the world, but like, if you feel like you have something to share with the world, it's just something that comes with the territory. Yeah, you know? total, totally agree. And it's simple. Like, yeah. it's such a simple thing, but it's not easy for a lot of people. 
Like, I remember posting my first vlog, looking at it like 40 times, being like, do I really want to do this? <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? I view, I view Instagram as, I mean, there's many ways to view it. Like, for some people, it's their life. Yeah. Quite literally, they monetize their social media platforms. For me, it's a scrapbook. It's a yeah. digital scrapbook. When I'm 80, I'm going to look back and be like, I remember doing that. Yeah. I remember waking up at 5.30 in the morning and running 20 miles before work. <laughs> right. I remember, do, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I remember doing these things because I put it out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good way for me to, to leverage social media is like, I don't necessarily care about the engagement and, and this, that, the other thing. Like, I like to post cool stuff that I think is yeah. cool. Some people may hate it. Some people may love it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because, again, it goes back to doing things that excite you to make you a better you. And yep. it's, it's simple. Yep. And it's a phenomenal way to filter your friends really fast. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> You'll see who actually totally. supports you and cares about you and who's like a ride or die and who's that guy who's like, who are you trying to be, bro? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it goes back to, I mean, it's so cliche, you know, but it's just, you got to surround yourself with those people that you want to be like. Yeah. When I started cutting those people out and started hanging out with people that were closer to where I wanted to be, man things changed in a big way. Yeah, you know, totally. So I know we're probably coming up on time. Yeah. Um, and this has been awesome to sort of chop it up. Do you want to walk through like a summary of like what this is, what our goals are? You know, I feel like we kind of hit on it in the beginning, but I think it's good to just recap towards the end of like, this was the introduction, sort of us setting the tone of like, this, these are the types of things we're going to be talking about. Yeah. We have a list of guests that are going to be coming on the pod and, and they're sort of experts in their field. Um, would love your perspective on like where you see this going and like what people can start to, you know, expect from us and from the, from the pod moving forward. Yeah. If you made it this far, um, congrats and thank you. <laughs> it's a little taste of, of what's to come. You know, it's going to be a lot of, this type of thing, to be honest, you know, it's going to go more in depth on certain topics, but it's primarily, we are the hybrid human podcast. We're going to talk about being a hybrid human, about how business, uh, entrepreneurship, relationships, fitness, wealth, like all these things merge into creating, you know, who you are and who you want to be as an individual. So we have a exciting lineup of guests coming. Um, we're going to just knock out the first like five to 10 solo just to get one, improve ourselves and, and to just kind of get a hang and, and get a little momentum going. Um, but so many exciting things to talk about. And it's just going to be more of the same. You know, if you enjoyed us just chopping it up about this sort of stuff, then you're in the right place. If not, you're probably not. No worries. Go on. And there's plenty of other podcasts probably out there for you. But uh, totally. We're, we're going to try and talk about being a hybrid human. That's it. That's it. We're excited. We appreciate you listening and see you next week. Yes, sir. All right, guys, thank you so much for your support on each and every episode of the Hybrid Human Podcast. It really means the world to us. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe to the channel. Stay up to date with new content moving forward.